Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Do you want to know why I use a knife? Guns are too quick. You can't savor all the little emotions. And you see, in their last moments, people show you who they really are. So in a way, I know your friends better than you ever did. Would you like to know which one of them were cowards? Welcome to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode... The Dark Knight. Beware. Spoilers. Joining me as always, John, our comic book guy. Heidi Ho. And the Professor Ken. Good evening. How you guys doing? Bat-tastic. Fucking The Dark Knight, right? 2008, Christopher Nolan. Released on July 14, 2008. Written by... Christopher Nolan and David Goyer, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckhart, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Morgan Freeman. Do you think this is Christopher Nolan's strongest movie to date? I realize Inception is a really strong candidate as well. It's funny that you say Inception because I would put this over Inception without even thinking about it. The one, and surprisingly enough, the one I'm having trouble putting this or comparing it with to be the best is probably The Prestige. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, up until The Dark Knight. Um, or which one did he do first? I think he did The Prestige first. I think so. Well, yeah. let's to, to answer that question, you have all three movies available to watch right now. Which one are you going to watch? I watched The Prestige. You'd watch The Prestige. Which one would you watch? Dark Knight. I, mean, I would go Dark Knight as I well. Imme- I immediately regretted my answer as soon as I said it. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch the fucking Dark Knight, so I guess there you have it. Yeah, so that's, I think, that's good. I think this is his strongest. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, I mean, what can we say about this film that hasn't been said before? Right? Well, you can tell us a little about the plot. It's brilliant. Uh, if you don't know what the Dark Knight is about by now, then I just feel bad for you. I kid. I kid. Uh, with the help of allies Lieutenant Jim Gordon and DA Harvey Dent, Batman has been able to keep a tight lid on crime in Gotham City. But when a criminal calling himself the Joker suddenly throws the town into chaos, the Cape Crusader has to tread a fine line between heroism and vigilantism. So out of the three, this is the strongest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I liked how it begins ends with them on the roof and he flipped the card around. And I remember being in the uh, theater watching it for the first time. And when he flips that card around and it says the Joker, the entire theater erupted in uh, applause. Uh, That was great because up until then, the last Batman we had was Joel Schumacher's, I believe Batman and Robin. Mm. Is that the last time Batman was in the theaters before Batman begins? I've blocked that one out. Okay. I think it is, but there wasn't one in between there, right? No, I don't think so. so. Yeah. So the last taste we had in our mouth was, uh, Batman and Robin. So for the for Batman Begins to be so good and not have the Joker in it 
when he flips that card around and we know and we see it that it's the Joker going to be in the next one, I mean, great things. And then the first trailer for the Dark Knight drops, and we're fucking hooked, right? Euphoria. Yeah. Uh, remember when they said that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker? People were very much against it. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. they saw the what they previewed at one of the Comic Cons, the first six minutes of the movie, that bank robber scene, and that just sold people on Heath Ledger. Yeah, everyone the, admitted they were wrong. They released that uh, before the Mission Impossible movie, uh, the first oh, six minutes of it okay. in in IMAX. Uh, so uh, I saw it at the Pacific Science Center. The first six minutes. Well, the dramatic uh, show of Joker's face, because the, the 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 tone of the movie, the bank heist, is starkly different from the exposure that we have when he finally reveals his face after taking his mask off, and then score of the music changes, and it it gives me goosebumps right now thinking about it. It is done to perfection. So I was driving home yesterday from work thinking, okay, I'm going to sit and watch The Dark Knight. And then I started to think, are there parts in it that drag where I don't feel like I want to watch it? And this is brief, mind you. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe the bits with Rachel mm, and, and Harvey. But then I think about it more and I immediately go to the opening uh, with the camera coming in and that score going. No, no opening credits. No opening credits. And then I, I say to myself, Fuck it, I'm going to watch it. I get home, I turn it on, and I don't turn it off. Because it pulls you right in, yeah. and, and, and it carries you along. And, and at two hours and 30 minutes, or two hours and 30-something minutes, it doesn't really feel like it, but it I did, don't know. I don't know. It, d- it, it does not drag. I feel like... Every, I, think, I think it does just that much. Every time you watch that first six minutes, even when you know, like it's not the first time, you know that that's the Joker in the mask, you're just waiting for that reveal. Yeah, and it just still gives you that kind of that goosebumps feeling of oh, it's coming, and yeah. that line is coming that he says. There's several little imperfections in that opening scene, but I'm like, eh, I don't care, eh, I don't care. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. totally, uh, totally dug when we finally realized which one of the clowns the Joker is at the end. No, I'm supposed to kill the bus driver. And then as he, as he, the camera shifts around and the Joker tilts his head and he's putting the other guy into harm's way of the bus backing in. Yeah. And that, that first six minutes when uh, you first saw it, or even when you watch it now, you're hundred percent correct. It's, it's fantastic. One of the best openings. How'd this movie do? This had a budget of 185 million and the box office, it took in, oh, just a billion. Just a billion. Just a billion. Wow. And in 2008. There was another movie that was released in 2008. Does anybody remember? Why, yes, I do. There's a couple other movies, but there is another superhero movie that is every bit its rival. Every bit its rival. But it did not uh, do as strongly in the box office. You know what? I would totally agree with that statement. And I would go so far as to say, yes, it does rival... And we had no idea how good it was going to be. And on top of that, how well the Dark Knight was going to do. So, I mean, 
for that movie to come out at the same time and hold its own and now be, totally. and now be compared to as a rival film, 100% agree with that statement. That's a good one. Do you want to reveal what that movie is? I don't know. I kind of like keeping that. I like kind of like keeping people in the dark. Like the Dark Knight. Like the Dark Knight. Like the Dark Knight. Yeah. What film was it, John? I don't know. Iron Man. Oh, just that movie? You don't think Iron Man is I'm not a fantastic? Good. I'm not good with dates. So. No, 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 no. Talking no, no, no. about the- Iron Man is a great movie. Okay. Right. It is cool. a fantastic movie. In okay. fact, of the Iron Man series, that one is my favorite. Oh. Because you know Hands how down. I feel about the other Iron Man <laughs> Yes, I and do. that's a topic for a whole nother show <laughs> if you really want me to go off. It is. It the other is. big superhero movie that year, Hancock. I liked Hancock. I thought I did too. But I love the idea of just a guy who's got all the superhero powers, but just sucks at it. And and here and here's the thing with Hancock, real quick. I like the premise. I like the first act. I like the second or half of the second act, and then the rest of the film. I could just I lost interest. I, I love the story. And- got stupid and. I love I anti-heroes. I don't know why. I'm always drawn. To yeah, no. Hancock as a character was funny. I like when he goes to the when he be, when he shows off the superhero for the first time, shaking everybody. Good job, good job, good job. I thought that was cute. I thought it was great when he when he's trying to be all good and he shows up to the police scene and he's like, "I'm going to put my hands on you." It's in a yeah. non-sexual way. Yeah, she's all, Do I me have the your permission? Here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, back to the bus. When the bus pulls in well, with the got. with the rest of uh, the buses, do you still think every time, how how is that not like, huh, there's a bus c- coming out with all that debris all over it. Oh, well. Speaking of buses, a gang of criminals robs a Gotham City mob bank, murdering each other for a higher share until only the Joker remains and he escapes with the money. Batman, District Attorney Harvey Dent, and Lieutenant James Gordon form an alliance to rid Gotham of organized crime. Bruce Wayne is convinced that Dent is the white knight Gotham needs and offers to support his career. He believes that with Dent as Gotham's protector, he can give up being Batman and live a normal life with Rachel Dawes, even though she and Dent are dating. Mob bosses Sal Maroney, Gamble, and the Chechen hold a video conference with their corrupt accountant Lau, who has hidden their funds for safekeeping and fled to Hong Kong. The meeting is interrupted by the Joker, who warns them that Batman works outside the law and offers to kill him for exchange of half their money. Meanwhile, the Joker kills Gamble and takes over his gang. Back to the bus. Yes, every time it pulls out, but I was thinking about it last night. Maybe the bus it pulls behind... And the bus that comes in after it are with the Joker, and they're just following. They just, they know the school route, right? So uh, the school goes down the street, and they're sitting on I have to the right or something, and they see him go by, and they go, "Okay, now, 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 now." I yeah. know the real answer to that. Oh, go. I asked a friend of mine who was a bus driver for a long time, and her response is, "I'm not paid enough to care where the other bus came from." <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Because I got screaming kids in the back of me, and I am not paid to care. Yeah, and that and that's and they make it a point to give you the screaming kids in the background. So the first heist, uh, the opening of the film is absolutely brilliant. It brings you in. Uh, favorite part of that scene up until the buses pull away. What's your favorite part? The reveal of Joker. Yeah, yeah. When, when he takes the mask. What off. is what is that line he says? Whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger and then the 
score comes in yeah. behind him. That's it's, that's right there is my favorite part. And then that. and then it's that little twitch of the face he gives him as he takes off. Yeah. The thing that bothers me in that scene is when he puts that smoke grenade thing in the guy's mouth and he just doesn't take it out. Oh, he just doesn't spit it out, the mob bank He leaves guy. it in his face. Yeah. And then and then the Joker pulls away. The pen comes out. You hear it, ting, ting. But then you don't hear the pen going, shh, across the floor. Because it is overshadowed by the yeah. of the gas coming out of the grenade. But it bothers me. If I'm in a situation where I figure I'm going to die anyway, unless he's in shock, if I figure I'm going to die anyway, whether it's a bullet or a grenade in my mouth, I'm going to choose the bullet. I'm going to take the grenade out of my mouth. Yeah, well, that's you. This guy didn't want to. Well, he just sat there smiling with the because the gag pay, the the gag pays off when the smoke does come out and he lets out that sigh. You can see the sigh go through the smoke, and it, it's a, it's a visual thing, but that's the payoff. Mm-hmm. I do love the setup of you know. Each guy takes out the next guy. Oh yeah, the whole the heist. Share. The whole heist was uh, masterfully planned by the Joker, who they allude to uh, that they don't know who the Joker is, even though he's uh, with them all along. It's uh, I, I'd find I find it hard pressed to find another movie that has such a strong opening. Do they exist? I'm sure they do. Uh, okay, scratch that. I can think of one right now, but that's not the point. My point is, it's a powerful opening and it grabs you and it pulls you in yeah now we get to meet the batman yeah we're in the parking garage because you know that that's where we're gonna well we're seeing we're seeing batman's influence on the society of now people want to be the batman right right so uh, a bunch of vigilantes yeah uh more copycats with guns last night alfred what's the difference yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pads. So what did you guys think of that scene? I liked the loiter and the intimidate. Yeah. Of the, the Batmobile. With the, with the tumbler. The I, love, I love that they brought back the Scarecrow, even if it's just for a few seconds. A hundred percent agree with you on that. Story. That actor, what was his name? Cillian Murphy. He played the, the Scarecrow to me just perfectly in the first movie. And the fact that they fit him in somewhere in all three movies... It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's he is great as Doctor Crane in, and that's what made Batman Begins, you know, such a good movie. And I guess I don't know if I expected to expected it to be as good as it was. And so mm-hmm. for now, with this Dark Knight, if I could just keeps getting better and better, mm-hmm. right? And the whole idea that he sits there and goes, "That's not Batman." Yeah, that's, on, that's yeah, not him. That's Batman. Yeah, that. Now we're talking or something like yeah. that. Uh, speaking of the tumbler and the loiter and that, what was uh, what's been your favorite Batmobile? My favorite Batmobile. I'm torn between uh, Tim Burton's uh, Michael Keaton Batman Batmobile and the tumbler, sir. You know, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Tim Burton one, only because to me that's the most iconic. I was never a big fan of the tumbler. Because that didn't feel very Batman-esque to me. Yeah, I thought the one in, uh, I thought the one in Justice League and in Batman versus Superman was they were trying to make it a cross between the Tim Burton version and the Tumbler because it still looked like a big fucking tank. Yeah, and a big fucking tank doesn't move move well, right? And it doesn't strike me as a Batman for some reason, and probably because my favorite Batmobile is the '89. 
Batmobile as well, the Tim Burton one. I thought you'd it, go with the Adam West one. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it gets you from point A to point B, but you know, it doesn't have shields, doesn't have machine guns, doesn't have all the toys that Batman needs. Well, here's a quick story. My friend Apple, who runs the Alamo City Comic Con, uh-huh. uh, one of the first ones he did, he brought in a bunch of vehicles. He brought in Ecto One. He brought in the Tumbler. You know, people around the country have these cars and they can bring them in. Apple got to drive the Tumbler all around Alamo. Oh, really? And can you imagine? The guy drove the car like across country. Can sure. you imagine seeing it come down the freeway? But Apple got to drive it around the city, you know, promoting his con. And I think that would have just been amazing. Oh, my gosh. That would be such an awesome experience. I, I have a much lesser story. Okay. I got to sit in the passenger seat and wave at people in the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. That's pretty comparative. That's awesome. You've always wanted to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. That's truly what I want to be. There you go. I was going to insert some kind of wiener joke there, but... Moving right along, after the parking garage scene, we are now introduced to... Gordon at the bank and Batman. Oh, that's right. It must be uh, in the wee hours of the morning because it, it's the, the lighting is different than it was when Batman was going after the guys in the parking garage. And then uh, after the scene of them in the bank... Uh, which is pretty much, you know, just a normal Batman, Commissioner Gordon, or Lieutenant Gordon, excuse me, dialogue. Correct. Uh, Kind of just a a basic back and forth, still great. Uh, I've always wondered, it looks like it's in the wee hours of the morning, so Lieutenant Gordon never goes home, and Batman only works at night. Well, Batman's nocturnal. Right, right. Because the next scene after that, we are in... We get a real quick intro to Alfred, then we meet Harvey and Rachel. Yep. Oh, oh, well, Alfred goes to the new bat cave, right? The, right. The, which was pretty awesome. It's inside a shipping container in a shipping yard that oh, I'm sure yeah, they yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I was, I was kind of uh, looking at that last night when I was watching and he's coming down the elevator and it's just this big empty room. And then you have all of just his work center. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, if you think of Batman in the bat cave, he has like a, an entire side of a mountain with monitors and gadgets and beeps and boops. And in this one, it's very practical. He has exactly what he needs and he has all his monitors up. And when you're introduced to uh, Christian Bale this time, he's sewing himself up. And then there's a scene where Alfred says, or same scene, Alfred says, know your limits, Master Wayne. And uh, Bale's like, Batman has no limits. And then, you know, they go into the whole bit about well, Bruce Wayne does, and someday you're going to meet him. When do that we, dialogue. When do we get the scene with uh, Bruce Wayne with Lucius Fox talking about a new bat suit? Is that during this part? It comes right after. It, that comes right after uh, we see right, Harvey because, Dent and Rachel. Well, and because um, Bruce is actually getting dressed to go to work, go to Wayne Enterprise, and the scene when he's putting on his shirt and he's all battered and beaten reminds me of that painting we saw at. Uh, comic-con yeah, or that Ross version yeah when uh, uh batman is changing out of batman becoming back bruce wayne and his body's just beat to shit oh and, yeah and, and that's uh that's what reminded me of that last night when i well, was watching it what makes me think of that scene is it's it's just so makes sense that the first thing he wants is i'd like to be able to turn my head because if you think about it none of the other bat suits allowed you to turn your head you had to turn your whole body to be able to look around and i'm not why did they never think of that? Michael Keaton was responsible for getting more movement with that, and that was something that he's that he pushed heavily for for future Batmans. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Because his his cowl and neck piece was one piece, just like mm-hmm. I think they all are, really. Yeah, until uh, this movie. And I like how he says it. It would make backing out of the driveway easier. So, good line. Good, yeah. good mm-hmm. interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the the bond between Lucius and Bruce. It's, it's great. Uh, funny story. Not really a story. Last night, after I was watching Dark Knight, you know, it was on HBO. Dark Knight Rises. Oh, really? Yeah, so I kind of watched both. When I caught Dark Knight Rises, it was already halfway through. Bane had already kicked his ass, which is probably my favorite scene in that film. But anyways. Did you finish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tom Hardy, I thought, was a great Bane. <laughs> well, I see what you did. Go ahead. I was like, Tom Hardy, I thought, was a great Bane. Oh, I thought the whole movie was good. I, I give uh, I like it better than most people. I, I didn't really like the big reveal of Talia at the end that she was the mastermind and blah, blah, blah. She could have done all that stuff way early on. Yeah, it was, no, but it was kind that's of a, a whole nother, I think, discussion. Yeah, it was kind of a misstep. Well, if we ever get to review that movie. And, and then we'll they kind of whiss out Bane at the end. I mean, the fight scene was great up until uh, where he's all just kind of like a pussycat to Talia. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a missed opportunity yeah. by Nolan and team. But yeah. is what it is. We got what we got. Question. Yes, sir. Which Joker public reveal did you enjoy more cinematically? The reveal of the Joker uh, crashing on their group therapy session with the television set or the intro to Bruce Wayne's fundraising dinner for Harvey Dent? Uh, I would say the first one, the... The intro we get when he he goes to talk to the mom. Mm -hmm. So he steals their money, and then he has the balls to go in and interrupt their meeting. And the way he does it is so great because the mom is meeting because Batman and Gordon and Harvey Dent, they're moving in on the mom's money because Gordon went to Harvey Dent, and this is where we first kind of see this interaction. Mm -hmm. And uh, they kind of have a back and forth, and Dent's like, I don't trust you guys and gordon's like well if i worked with people you didn't trust i'd be doing this by myself so i do what i can with what i got basically is what he says and then dan's like well you want me to help you what do you need and he goes well i can give you the names of the banks so they go after the banks this is where we meet the mob and lao and then this reveal of the joker and it's so powerful because it's you don't know what's going to happen it's very unexpected uh, his what he's gonna do the whole pencil trick. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole scene with the grenade and everything—he's got his finger on the string and all. That. This introduction sets up who this Joker is going to be, and I loved first of all seeing him come in in the outfit in the purple trench coat and the greasy green hair and the face makeup that you could actually see on his hands that he put the makeup on, so this isn't you know his actual face. Yeah. And just just the way he came in and set up that scene, and he was so calm and reserved, and uh, oh. you know, didn't like being called a freak. Oh, the suit! It wasn't cheap. You ought to know. You yeah. bought it. I mean, did just that whole setup set up the Joker for me for this movie? Oh, yeah. Told you exactly who he is, and I was immediately in love. I thought this was the best joker ever yeah and the one the second one that you were referring to the fundraiser for dent mm-hmm. uh it was great i didn't like how it played out could you i mean I, people were so worried about heath ledger playing the joker could you see heath ledger in this character at all i felt that he got lost in the joker oh no 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 i i saw the joker yeah i didn't i, I didn't I see joker. heath ledger playing the joker i just saw the joker yeah and then and 
that I mean, that's means that he's a sign of good acting. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did exactly what he set out to do. Yeah, because I was expecting piece. a Knight's Tale or one of Heath Ledger's other movies, you know, that kind of character. No, he was the Joker. Yeah, not once, not once did I ever think that. Even when they cast him and people were giving him shit about it or saying shit about it, I was like, give the guy a fucking chance. I bet you he can do it. Because he was great in uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. I mean, he, Heath Ledger is a great actor. He he was... He was, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a fantastic actor. So, you know, they gave him the Oscar because he fucking deserved it. And had he been alive for the other ones, it would have been fucking amazing. But, mm-hmm. Who's know. the better character actor, Heath Ledger or Johnny Depp? Um, depends on the character. Well, no, could, it, it, <clears throat> that's an interesting question. I don't could, know. Could you have put Johnny Depp in this role? No, no way. No, no way. No, but could you put Heath Ledger as the Mad Hatter? Maybe. Did you ever? Could, see well, that, you know that that was poor. That, uh, let, let's do this. Could you? Could Heath Ledger be Captain Jack? No, I think he could. I, uh, could, I, I don't. Did you ever see that movie? That last movie he did. Before he passed away. Yeah, the imagination of Parnassarism in him. Yeah, he kind of played a Mad Hatter type character. Um, and it was actually... He, I never saw it. He did okay. You know, they had to fill in with other people. Yeah. But if you see that movie, you could see him as the Mad Hatter and possibly the the uh, Captain Jack. So I, I for me, I think I, I think that I like the, uh, the reveal uh, that the Joker gives to the crime bosses as well. I think that the dinner scene is powerful just because at this point, the Joker is starting to appear anywhere. That's what it's starting to feel like. He, It's like he has these unknown tentacles and you just don't know where he's going to pop up next. And it feels so frightening to know that he could just pop up anywhere and he already has something in play, something in motion that is to his devising and it makes him, you know, that, that anonymity, that ambiguousness that I think that that adds to the scariness of this Joker. 100%. What did you think of the scene where he kills Gamble, I think is his name, uh, where he tells his story, you want to know how I got these scars? Oh, yeah. The first story that he gives. Yeah, the, the first one. My father was a drinker. And a fiend. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved the way they set that up. Yeah. And then the way, you know, later on in the movie, when he changes the story, that's the Joker. Yep. You know, and you I never w- know his real origin. Yeah. And I wonder what story we would have gotten had Batman not foiled his plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that third time. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of what, you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah. That was good. Um, I, uh, let's talk about that gamble scene for a second. So the guys bring him in. Uh, he had offered 500000 for him dead or, or a million, million alive, alive so he could teach him some manners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's as he's exiting the the meeting with the mob. And he basically right. tells the mob, you know what? This guy uh, loves plans full of shit. Batman's going to throw a monkey wrench in the problem. You have to deal with the real problem, which is Batman. So, you know, kill the Batman. Why didn't you kill a Batman? Never do anything for, or what does he say? God damn it. I had it. Uh, If you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah. How much you want? Half. You're crazy. No, I'm not. I'm not crazy. Yeah. And he's not. And he, when he called, you're right. When Gamble calls him a freak, he doesn't like that. uh, Cause he's very 
methodical. He's thought this out. The Joker's got a plan, even I know. though he says he doesn't. He says later on in the movie, I'm just I, a dog. I'm not chasing a, his tail. I'm not a schemer. I just do things. Yeah. See. But he, you know, throughout the whole movie, he's got plans. Well, yeah. He wants. He doesn't know who he is, or who, he doesn't know who he is. How about that? But he does know what he's doing. Make no mistake about it. He does know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Everything is. That's what makes him the. Uh, was it the clown prince of crime? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And I got to say that that scene that you're talking about, John, when he's visiting Dent, that's that's where I feel like um, I, I start to drink the Kool-Aid of what it is that he's selling. And as he talks about that, you know, I, I just that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. You know, he starts out with, do I look like a guy with a plan? Yeah. You know what I am? Yeah. I'm like a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You you know, I just do things. The mob has plans. The cops have plans. Gordon's got plans. You know, they're schemers. Schemers trying to control their little world. I'm not a schemer. I try to show the schemers how pathetic their attempts to control things really are. Well done, Professor. Yeah. Nice now that then that's and that scene which we'll get to, so we're gonna just kind of stop that there is fucking fantastic. Well, right? there's that scene, but that and every other scene in this movie is fantastic. There's that scene, and then there's also the scene where he's sitting on top of the, or no, he's got the big pile of money, and he just lights it on fire, and makes a comment. He's not. He's not sitting on the money. I mean, he's not Lowe's, but money. I'm saying he he lights it on fire, and he talks about how you know he likes to blow stuff up, and gas is cheap. Mm-hmm. It's a cheap throw. He doesn't need the money. Yeah, but when he's talking about that, he is the biggest schemer of them all because he has plans for all of this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking a, he does, and he was right. He was right. He said uh, Batman has no jurisdiction, even though Lao said oh, I'm going to go to Hong Kong. They won't extradite me, and and fucking he was right because Lao's a squealer. I can yeah. I can tell. Yeah. So Batman, Harvey Dent, and uh, Gordon meet on top of. Uh, Gotham PD and Dent's all pissed off. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you bring me in? Well, Dent's the one who lit the the bat light. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because Gordon comes out and shuts it off, like kind of like in a motion of, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? This is my toy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And then they ask Batman to go after Lau. And uh, did you get the vibe of Batman's my friend? He's not your friend. I'm not going to share him. No. No, that's funny, though. I, I never thought of it that way. Uh, this must have taken at least a week or a couple of weeks to carry out because the next scene we see where Batman and uh, Batman and uh, Alfred are coming up with a plan, right? And they're, uh, Alfred says, this guy said he can have it up and running in a week and he'll take the cash. And then Batman says, uh, do you think of an alibi? And <laughs> Alfred, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then typically, or typical, Bruce Wayne takes with the whole ballet. Yeah, they have to shut down the Russian ballet. Yeah, so they can go on his yacht. Yeah. Meanwhile, Batman finds Lau in Hong Kong and brings him back to Gotham to testify, allowing Dent to apprehend the entire mob. The Joker threatens a string of murders unless Batman reveals his identity and starts by killing the current police commissioner and Judge Cirillo who was presiding over the mob trial. The Joker also targets Mayor Anthony Garcia, but Gordon sacrifices himself to stop the assassination. 
Dent learns that Rachel is the next target. Bruce decides to reveal his identity, but before he can, Dent declares that he is Batman. While transporting Dent in protective custody, the Joker appears and attacks the convoy. Batman comes to Dent's rescue and Gordon, who faked his death, apprehend the Joker. Securing a promotion to commissioner, Rachel and Dent are escorted away by detectives on Maroney's payroll. Gordon later learns they've never arrived home. Batman interrogates the Joker, who reveals that they have been trapped in separate locations rigged with explosives. Batman races to save Rachel while Gordon attempts to rescue Dent. Batman arrives at the site but realizes that the Joker sent him to Dent's location instead. Both buildings explode, killing Rachel and disfiguring half of Dent's face. The Joker escapes with Lau, whom he later kills along with the Chechen. All right, so this Hong Kong scene. So Batman gets to Hong Kong. Uh, you know the building he jumps into? Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to that building. That's pretty Hong cool. Kong. Yeah, it was at the end of a show. Uh, my coworkers, some dear friends of mine, surprised me, took me there. They tried to get us, or they tried to let them to get us go to the top, but the Chinese weren't having it. But, you know, God bless them for taking me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I What I was thinking about, as he dives in, and then, you know, uh, just when he jumps and he glides in, I mean, that's such a Batman move. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Looks looks great. And you think about Batman doing that kind of stuff. What I love about this type of scene and the way he gets Lau is he's actually using real world tactics and real world weaponry. And but that's that's a common theme throughout this entire series, really. In this series, yes. I was saying previous Batmans, they came up with ice beams and you know big diamond things and all kinds of far fetched stuff. I, this Batman used real world technology. I feel like you are trying to bash uh, Ken's favorite Batman of all time movie, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. With the bat, and that's not what did. Val Kilmer introduced bat nipples. Uh, Joel, well, yeah, it was Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer's Batman, but it was Joel Schumacher who took yeah. over the series from Tim Burton, and that whole debacle. Yeah, and Arnold. Yeah, so yeah, everything was very real world with this with yeah. this Batman. Very yeah. good because that is actually when they talk about that tactic of pulling someone out like that. That is an actual military tactic. Yeah. So uh, Lau shows back up in Gotham. And then uh, I like this. What do you think of the scene where Commissioner Gordon gets to go arrest everyone? You know, Maroney's like, do you really want to embarrass me in front of my friends, Lieutenant? Oh, don't worry. They're coming with us. So big victory. Yeah. Kind of a cool scene. And then we get that fake Batman killed. The mayor and Dent are talking. He's looking at the window and he's saying, if, oh, you, mm-hmm. if you're up for this, they're all going to come after you and you better be ready. The uh, big jump scare. No, which is the... Thing, I can't think of another scene in one of these Batman movies that made people jump like that. Is there other scenes like that? Because when the, the when the dead Batman hits the window, to me that, I mean... That's one of the few times we see any blood in this movie. There's yeah. almost no blood in this movie. Yeah. Mm. Even the Joker, in this movie, you only see him kill two people. But he's responsible for many more. He, he's many responsible, more. but the way the Joker works is his hands are clean. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually kill him. Fate decides they're their death i was in gordon's cage when she was killed who did you leave him with (laughs) uh so then he uh masterminds the killing of the judge he kills the current commissioner commissioner Loeb, and he plans to kill the mayor 
I was confused with the little note about up. I don't know. I mean, blow up, look up. Mm, eh, what's the point? Well, he got her to look up. Yeah. And it blew up. Uh-huh. So there you go. And then she. <laughs> so um, so let's so let's re- so let's rewind this. What Made ex- you look. What exactly are you confused about? I'm thinking more of you know besides up, she blew up. She you know bits and pieces of her uh, bits and pieces of her went up. Yeah, I mean up. Very clever by the Joker. Yeah, big old theme. Maybe if she looked up, she would have seen a little house floating with balloons on it. I guess I would have wanted to see on the on the roof of, of the inside of the car. Made you look. Yeah, that would have been funny. No, it was <laughs> fine the way it was. And, and in the Joker font with, you know, the, the red and little smiley face. You guys are too much. We're not turning this into Tim Burton's Joker. Jack Nicholson was much more of a character. Yeah. Much more over the top. Ledger was just subtle. Well, well let's go there. And brilliant. Let's go there. If you had to pick, in order, your top three Jokers between Cesar Romero... Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, or the animated great Mark Hamill, which one would you put maybe as your top two, top three? Mark Hamill's number two. Heath Ledger's number one. I would probably say... So I didn't watch a lot of the animated Batman. I've seen some of the animated Batman. I've I've heard Mark Hamill as the Joker. And for, you know, for the longest time, I didn't know that was Mark Hamill. But anyways, I would go... Ledger, Nicholson, and then Hamill, I guess. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Uh, Likewise. Oh, you forgot the Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad, Jared oh, Leto. As that, that was kind of on purpose. Oh, I guess that's number six. I number feel like six. he's he said son of f- the Joker. He he's... said top five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably put Leto over nobody, too. You know what with Leto hated him in suicide squad uh i just felt like gangster joker and it wasn't great but if you watch the revamped version of justice league with those extra scenes of leto there's only one scene calm down well the extra scene of leto i thought he did a better job there at uh, playing the joker than he did if, if, in the original but i still wouldn't put him in my top five sure sure i i i think he's a little bit redeemed there well i think it was the exact same joker they just cleaned him up yeah. They gave him long hair. They took off all the tattoos. They made him look more like the Joker mm-hmm. in the future, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I felt like he was doing it the exact same way. And I'm not a big fan of Leto. So. Okay. Uh, as the Joker. I think Leto is an amazing actor, though. Because he's another one of those actors that completely gets involved in his character and mm-hmm. makes you see, you know, that's not Jared Leto. That's the, mm-hmm. the character. So well, I my, do like Leto as an actor, but I didn't like him as the Joker. Do, do you care him my order? Yeah, you're up. Okay. Well, Heath Ledger again, number one. I don't think Cesar Romero gets enough credit. Ooh. If you actually go back and watch the original Adam West series, yes, it was meant to be campy. It was meant to be a comedy. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. But playing the prankster Joker, not the homicidal, you know, serial killer Joker, Cesar Romero did a pretty good job. Oh yeah. So I'd almost want to put him, you know, as my number two. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that Jack Nicholson modeled his probably a lot after Caesar Romero Caesar Romero or took aspects of it. Yeah. That's where he kind of drew upon because and, I don't think Nicholson was a comic book fan at all. And I says love, he was, but I think he's full of shit. I love going back and watching that original series just to see the makeup over the mustache that Caesar Romero yeah, would not shave. A little pet peeve of mine is the makeup over the mustache. Well he didn't want to shave it. No, he didn't. 
And he didn't have to because he was Cesar Romero playing the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you would be, uh, you would be Leto and then Romero, and you would be Ledger, then Hamill, and I was Ledger and Nicholson. Nicholson, Nicholson, yeah. I'm just kidding, dude. You, you picked Ledger. I picked Ledger, Romero. I know. I said Hamill. I said Leto. I heard I heard that. I thought, wait, is he going from the bottom up? <laughs> so we all agree Leto just should not play Joker again. Agreed. But I'm sure he will because everybody loves the Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder universe. So yeah. Well, uh, we do have Suicide Squad 2 coming. Yeah, but he's not in it. He's not in so it? So it's fine. No, James Gunn didn't want him. Okay. And good for James Gunn. So did you like the interrogation that Batman gives the Joker? Well, he Jack, uh, he's got to get caught first. Oh, right. right. I so, yeah. we uh, So Bruce decides that, you know, this is it. Or wait, the dinner party happens in right, here right. somewhere, and we, we yeah. said we'd come back to that. So Joker shows up to Bruce Wayne's dinner mm-hmm. uh, party, and I thought that the reveal was fantastic, and the dialogue was great, and everything was awesome until Batman showed up. Once Batman showed up, you had a quick, like, 10-second... Fight scene. Scuffle. Right. And then all of a sudden, Batman's diving out the window to save Rachel. Rachel. I just thought it was kind of anticlimactic for their first meeting. Well, let's back up a little bit. Alfred, his reaction when Leto, or Leto, now I got me stuck on that. When Heath Ledger first comes in as the Joker was a genuine reaction. Yeah. He, He, that was the first time the actor had actually seen Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. And so it's great that they kept that reaction shot in. Oh, yeah. It's it's fantastic. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Well, we should do it. Who does the Joker best? Think about it. We'll come back to that. Pick your favorite line and we'll see who does the Joker best. And we'll ask the listeners, our one faithful listener, who does the Joker best? Uh, yeah, so that dinner party scene, I thought kind of ended anticlimactic. I didn't really care that he jumped out the window to save her. And how did how do they not die? How do they not die? I don't know. Well, Help um, me out here. Batman's gadgets. But he doesn't... So we know his that his... tape slows the fall a little bit, but, mm, but you think... Go back and watch it. It doesn't slow it at all. Yeah. I can trip and fall, and my back is out for like a day. Yeah. They fell from the penthouse. And it's the two of them going down. Yeah. The weight of two. Yeah. We're, I think we're... Led to believe at the very last second he gives the cape uh, the static electricity and it briefly slows them down. But even at that velocity, they they got to be toast. There should, because it's written that way. Yes, they should have achieved terminal velocity by the time they reached the ground. Right. At this point in the movie, are you as sick of Rachel as I am? No, I thought this Rachel, I prefer Maggie Gyllenhaal over Katie Holmes. Oh, well, yeah, I'll agree with that. I just don't like the character. Yeah, but you got to have her. Yeah, I don't agree. Okay, then take her out, and do you think it's a better film? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I, well then, why would... Dent he, does not have the motivation, then. You could have gone a slightly... I mean, you could have had him get his wife kidnapped or something well, no, else. No, 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 no. You're, you're taking... But Batman wouldn't have the motivation. Right, I mean, you're taking out the female lead. Or, yeah. the, I'm sorry, the female character of it. So, unless you replace it, both... You're right, both Bruce... And Dent don't have their motivation. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
I just hate the whole Batman connected wants to give it up for love and blah blah blah. That's because a you don't believe in love. Sorry, Julie. Well, the, I want and the machines you want to, to win. You, God damn it! You want to side with the machines. I that want is the correct. machines to win. Wait, have we talked about the Matrix yet? <laughs> uh, for uh, for those of you who are listening, it'll make sense later. Hey, that would be foreshadowing. Bruce wants to give it up now. He thinks that. Dent can the, be the, the, white is the, the white knight. But what happens is they are going to a funeral uh, and the Joker had threatened to kill the mayor. And the mayor is at the funeral, leading the funeral for Commissioner Loeb and Judge Cirillo. It's a big, a big to-do. And we know that the Joker is going to strike, but we don't know how he's going to strike. And so we know that Batman has to do something, but he doesn't... I mean, it's during the daytime. So what does he do? He gets on his motorcycle and him and uh, Alfred... You uh, use their means to find a possible location, which shows us again that Batman is the world's greatest detective. And or they, is it Alfred? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I, I I think that it is a little bit of both. Although the Dark Knight Rises shows us that Bruce kind of fumbles a little bit when it's just him. No, what this was our first scene where we got to see Joker without makeup. Yeah. No, and this scene is fantastic. So, and again, he has plotted and planned every step along the way. They've stole uh, guard uniforms. They're in the procession. They have the weapons. They know the perfect time to do it. And Gordon just has this sneaky feeling when they start firing. Everything kind of, everything kind of comes together because Bruce is in the apartment. The shade goes up. The bullet. Fi- uh, the police think that he's. The shooter, which is a misdirection, which was planned by the Joker. Everyone's shooting, and then Gordon jumps, dives in front of the bullet, and sacrifices himself to save the mayor. And how does the Joker get away? Drops the gun and just slithers right out of the crowd. Brilliant. Great writing. Great execution. Uh, the shots were beautiful. The shots of the parade. And mm-hmm. he, and when you when you see Heath without the makeup, he's, the scars are there, and he just looks evil and determined and i mean you could say so much about this entire flick so now that we think that commissioner gordon's dead batman is going to turn himself in yeah the joker basically demands he takes the uh, tv personality guy hostage not yet yeah not yet oh i thought that's when he demanded that joke that Batman reveal. No, he does, but he captures. Remember the Batman that hits the window. He he does kill. He hangs. He throws from the building. Yeah, that's the video that he's talking to. He says, uh, "Are you the real Batman?" Oh, no. well, then why did you dress like him? And then he says, "That's how crazy Batman has made Gotham." So if you want all of these to stop, you just you have to take off the mask and mm-hmm. show us who you are. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the dinner scene, and that's when he says it again. Uh, he's Batman says knock it off you're done and he says well just take off your little mask and show us who you are right so this has already been demanded well this is also a lead up to something that don i know you've talked about in the past which is the superhero trope you know this is a second movie where typical superheroes want to quit and they need a reason to quit i i find that in sequels to superhero movies and not all of them mind you there there are exceptions uh in every sequel of a superhero movie or, or whatever, the superhero always wants to give up. In Superman 2, he gave up his powers to be with Lois. Spider-Man 2, he wanted to give up his powers to be with Mary Jane. Um, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, he wanted to give up because he was dying. 
Well, he also wanted to give up so he can lead a normal life. Like when he blows up all his suits, it's to be with Pepper Potts. That's in three. That's what I'm saying, three, which yeah. again, bad movie. Oh, no, 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 no. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that there's a superhero trope but do you for see sequels. The, do you see the pattern there? Yeah. What is the ultimate kryptonite for all of these superheroes? The, the women they love? Yeah, it's all the women. They, they'll give it up for the women. They'll screw everyone else over to give it up for one good woman. Well, I mean, if you're happy, and, and why is he screwing everyone over? Because like Superman gives up his powers. There could be a meteor on the way to destroy the planet, but he gives up his powers just to spend a little time with Lois. So you think that because Superman decides to be with Lois and give up his powers that we have the right to be pissed at him? Yeah. Okay. Because if you're gifted something like that, you rise above. Says who? Well, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, I love in the Spider-Verse. Don't you finish that line. (laughs) But it's the whole idea of, you know, a lot of these movies, especially the first ones, they give up what makes them happy in their life because they know ultimately they can do a lot more good. Yeah. You know, you're given a gift like that. You're given something like that. That, and I always felt like the women should support them. If they really love them for who they are, they should support them as they are. Lois you know, did. Jane, Lois never asked him to give yeah, up his powers. Like in the comic books, Mary, Mary Jane never asked him to give up her powers. She didn't give up his powers, but in the comic books, she did divorce him at one time because he was too much the Spider-Man. Well, that's a, light of, that's a lot of fucking responsibility. You're saving, oh. you're saving the fucking world. I know, but if he had given up at any time, what ifs that I know you love, <laughs> if he had given up, you know, the bad guys win. Not necessarily. Maybe maybe uh, uh, 7 million concerned citizens rise up and help out every once in a but while. But they don't have that example. Of course they did. They had the example prior to him quitting. Yeah. My point was, in superhero uh, sequels, I feel like the superhero always wants to give up. And he kind of does in this one after Rachel dies. But he knows better. And so at and and at this point where we're at, he does want to turn himself in because he even tells Dent uh, after Gordon's shooting, no one else is gonna die because of me. He felt bad that Commissioner Gordon, his friend, died on his watch. So he's gonna they go to the com- uh, press conference, he's gonna give up himself. I like what Harvey Dent says. He goes, uh, I'm ca- I've called this press conference because Batman's gonna give himself up. We have to ask ourselves why. Why is he doing this? Or is he doing this because he is a vigilante? Or are we demanding that he does this because the Joker is telling us so? Right? And so he question, he asks the audience or the, the people at the press conference. The public. The public. And it all, all it takes is uh, for the police officers, officers to say, no dead cops, which I agree with 100%. And, you know, you kind of have to look at it as with the greater good. The cops aren't really doing they're not really cutting the mustard on catch or capturing the joker so in re- reality batman is your best bet but the emotions are high and they call for no cops and so dent takes his place because dent knows that batman is bigger than what's going on here and that the city they need him right now i'm the batman yeah i'm batman and they need him and so dent knows that Batman will try and protect him, which leads us to one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Let's talk about Harvey Dent's transport from the courthouse to jail. One of the craziest action stunts with the flip of the truck. 
I was I was mentioning that last night. My niece was here, and Elise, we were upstairs, and I said, watch this truck flip. This actually happened. They physically flipped this truck, and it's fucking brilliant. It's so gorgeous. I loved the, uh, the, the ramping up of the guns that the Joker starts out with, and then the guns get bigger. <laughs> What's he going to do with that? Oh, what is that? Yeah. yeah. He starts with a handgun, then a machine gun, then an automatic machine gun, and then a rocket launcher. What did it say on the side of the truck? Slaughter. Uh, it, slaughterhouse? Or no, because it, it's it, laughter. It laughter. Yeah, is it like the laughter house? And when he opens up the door, it becomes slaughter. Yeah, because there's a they spray paint a, mm-hmm. an S. Yeah. And again, it, it shows what fun Heath Ledger is having with this character because I love when he's driving and just his antics and he's just going crazy and... And Batman shows up in the tumbler, and sorry, Ken, this is where they destroy the tumbler. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's such a great fucking scene. Yeah, it is jaw dropping to watch that semi truck flip. So Batman stops him with the bat pod. They get out, and I love this exchange. Uh, Batman is laying on the ground. One of the goons gets up to take off his mask, and then electrocutes him. Well, even before that, though, the where they're playing chicken. And Batman's driving the pod straight at the Joker. And the Joker's like, I want you to hit me. I want you to hit me. Come yeah. on, come on. Yeah. Because he wants Batman to do that one thing. I don't right. think it, it I don't think it's that. I think that the Joker just wants to mess with the Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so too. I think that Joker, if he the Joker's ready to die. I think if the Batman has the balls to do it, Joker stands there. Mm-hmm. I think the Joker lets Batman hit him fucking for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think deep down inside he knows Batman won't do it. But I I don't think the Joker wants to die. I think though if he's going to die, it's going to be for a certain reason, like making the Batman kill him. But later on in the movie, he has an opportunity to risk his own life and he doesn't even risk it there. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But that shows to me when that later scene, the Joker's not ready to die. He doesn't want to die. But at this point, if the idea of he can corrupt the bat, he will take one. No, I I, I think that the Joker doesn't care. I don't I okay. think he care if, I don't think he cares if he dies or not. Well, you're wrong. No, I'm not. I'm actually the right one. You are the wrong one. Well, I'll prove um, it later. Okay. We'll we'll get there. Um all right, so yeah, they capture the Joker, and voila, guess who's not dead? Well, Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. I love the line when, you know, the Joker's about to take the mask off or kill the Batman, and Gordon comes up behind him and kind of puts the gun to his head or whatever he does, and he's like, wait a minute, wait, I'm not done here yet. What's yeah. he say? He says, uh, can you give me a minute? Are you surprised that the, uh, the, the caravan of vehicles end up going underground. Why not just turn left? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going down to lower fifth is what they say, because there is a, uh, fire truck on fire. Ironically, ironically to the left. And they, for some reason can't go right. Yeah. And wasn't it convenient that it worked out because they had, that's where all of Joker's people were. Yeah. Uh, movie convenience, movie maybe? convenience, yeah, yeah, maybe, and maybe with the helicopter as well, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit convenient there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, either way, fantastic fucking scene, uh, great action set piece, all most of it practical. So kudos to Christopher Nolan for creating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now in the uh, jailhouse with the Joker. He has been captured, and as we will find out in a minute here, he has allowed himself. To be captured. Well, one of the most iconic... Is it 
the iconic scene happens here or possibly after uh, the interrogation where Joker is sitting in the jail cell and it's announced that Lieutenant Gordon is now Commissioner Gordon. It's before the interrogation. And you have the Joker sitting yeah. there and he just starts slow capping. Yeah, that was all improvised. And, it, you know, it's like Sideshow.com makes statuettes of different things or they sell statuettes of different things. They have one of him just clapping there and you can almost see that scene and hear that clap. I think that's right from that statue. Yeah. And I think that was one of the first images we got to see of Heath Ledger as the Joker before the movie came out. I think that was one Mm -hmm. of the first pictures you got to see was him sitting there with that look on his face and his hands coming together for the clap with, and you know, again, that was improvised and it was so perfect. Did you have like a favorite movie poster? One of mine was the one where there's steam on the window and you can just see the finger of the Joker drawing the smiley face. You know, surprisingly none of the Nolan Batman movie movie posters really did it for me. Mm-hmm. I have one in my garage and it's uh Ledger walking down the city street and it's one of the like the three that were released. Mm-hmm. One with Batman, one with him, and then probably one with Ra's al Ghul. I don't know. Uh, that one is okay. Uh, the one they use for the box art where it's just Batman and then the bat signal is in fire. Yeah. Well, I'll say a lot of them, they tried to show what an element in each one. I don't remember what the first one. The second one was fire. And was the third one rock? No, the first one was earth. Was earth? What was the last one? Ice. Ice, okay. So yeah, now we get to uh, we find out that Harvey and Rachel never made it to their destinations, and so now we have to talk to the Joker. And this scene, this scene, favorite scene in the entire movie. This is one of them that, where if you're going to think about this movie, or if someone sensed Dark Knight, this is the one that jumps into your mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're <laughs> yeah, great open lights uh, off, lights back on, and there's the Batman. I want to hear the professor say the line. Which one? God, never start with the head. The prisoner, he's all fuzzy. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's good. That was a great, great line. And then they get into it back and forth, back and forth. And and the way the Joker breaks it down to great Batman. dialogue. I mean, it's so well written. And, I mean, it was perfect. It's almost it's the almost the anatomy of the perfect scene. Um, he even sets up in that scene his own escape. When he gets his face smashed into the mirror or the window mm-hmm. and it breaks a shard, that's the shard he uses to take the uh, police officer hostage. Right. Yeah. You know, it, the, the other good thing that this uh, scene highlights, which I really enjoyed with um, Batman, is we get a good look at the uh, reflection, a glimmer of light in uh, Christian Bale's eyes. So we're not looking at just a sheet of black face mm-hmm. with him. You know, we can actually see his eyes underneath the cowl. And I I really enjoyed that they always wanted to emphasize Batman's eyes. So they're these little teeny weeny beads of light in his, you know, in the eye sockets. I I thought that was a really good touch. Yeah. And I love how the Joker says, because Batman is brute strength and he's beating the shit out of Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. He just Mm -hmm. keeps smacking the Joker. Where are they? Uh, and uh, the Joker says, you have nothing 
to threaten me with nothing with all your power. And then, and I don't know if that's necessarily true to a certain degree because the, uh, heat or uh, Batman winds up to knock him in again. And the immediate response out of the Joker is, but I'm going to tell you, that's the point. And yes, that is the point. And yes, he was going to do it the whole time, mm-hmm. but I, I'm wondering to myself, he, I don't think he wanted to take one more punch to the jaw. Cause Batman was hitting him pretty fucking hard. And, the joker was taking it like a fucking champ even the part where after he docked his head and he'd made the quote and then he gets his fingers smashed by the batman he's like "Mm, that's better i mean just that whole the whole segment i do like the oh shit moment i love movies that have oh shit moments and that's where batman goes and blocks the door and the police are outside going oh shit yeah yeah if you're going to save one of them them yeah. You know, I really thought you were, Dent, the way you threw yourself after her. Yeah, it's such a good reveal. And you knew mm-hmm. it was coming. Mm-hmm. You knew it was coming. And Gordon says to all the other cops, he's in control. And then he goes to lock the door. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So we find out that uh, Rachel and Harvey are at two different places. Uh, and the and- Joker being the Joker tells the truth, but... Only mostly the truth. Oh, no, I saw that coming a mile away when he said she's at 52nd Fabulo Cicero and uh, he's at Avenue X or whatever he says. I knew it was reversed. I knew it was opposite. So they're both sitting on tanks of gas, tanks all of those gas. all those gas canisters. Why? Because gas is a what? Cheap. Well done. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And then this uh, allows the Joker to escape. And we get to that scene where he's talking to the cop and, you know, he tells him which one of your, you want to know which one of your friends were cowards. Your quote from the beginning. Yep. And he goats them and he goats everybody he encounters Mm -hmm. from the mob to Batman to Dent to uh, Rachel. He goats everyone. That's his, that's his shtick. And And it fucking works. And for a schemer who doesn't make plans, he sewed the phone and the bomb inside of the other prisoner, yeah, he, knowing he was he, going to get captured. He was telling Dent what Dent, he thinks Dent wants to hear. He just talks to talk. And so for, you know, to say, the, well, he said that he's a schemer. Guess what, guys? He lied. Yeah. He's, he's he's a fucking t- mastermind. Wait, tons of Joker schemes. Joker lies? Yeah, I would get, I would put him, you know, on the same level as being just as smart or maybe smarter than Lex Luthor. Yeah. Well, he does think Absolutely. that the idea of, you know, good and bad and morals, things like that are, are all artificial. And that's one of the things he wants to prove. So lying or not lying doesn't matter. You know, there yeah. is no good or bad. There's no line. Yeah. 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 As, uh, as it's subtly pointed out by Alfred, some people just want to watch the little burn. Yeah. Was that Alfred or was that Bond? I don't know. But still, that's a really revealing point that sums up who the Joker is because the Joker claims to be an agent of chaos. And I suppose he is because he is tipping anything over that can be tipped over. Whatever happened to the Joker to make him this way, he just wants to prove everyone else is just like him. They're just pretending Mm -hmm. to be this righteous, whatever, you know, that they all will make the same kind of decisions he would make if they are put in that place. Yeah. Just takes one bad day. Coleman Reese, an accountant at Wayne Enterprise, deduces that Bruce is Batman and tries to go public with the information. 
Not wanting Reese's revelation to interfere with his plans, the Joker threatens to destroy a hospital unless someone kills Reese within an hour. Gordon orders the evacuation of all hospitals in Gotham and goes to secure Reese. The Joker gives Dent a gun and convinces him to seek revenge for Rachel's death, then destroys the hospital and escapes with a busload of hostages. Dent goes on a killing spree as the vigilante Two-Face, deciding the fates of people he holds responsible for Rachel's death by flipping his lucky coin, one side having been scorched in the explosion. To prove his point about flawed humanity, the Joker rigs two evacuating ferries with explosives, one containing civilians and the other containing prisoners. He threatens to blow them both up by midnight unless one boat blows up the other with the detonator that the Joker supplied. With reluctant help from Lucius Fox, Batman finds the Joker by exploiting the sonar capabilities of all cell phones in the city. Both the civilians and the prisoners refuse to kill each other. Batman apprehends the Joker after a brief fight before the SWAT team arrives and takes the Joker into custody. He gloats that Gotham's citizens will lose hope once Dent's rampage becomes public knowledge. So we know that Dent and Rachel were kidnapped. They were strapped to gases because gas is cheap. Batman went to save Rachel, but he was given the wrong address. He right. was given Harvey's address. Which, in a way, he was still kind of responsible for the creation of Two-Face, even though it was a little different than it was explained and in the mm-hmm. comics, I think, because I think they're in court. In, yes. the com- he- in the comic books, the first scene where Harvey goes to court and the guy's on the witness stand and he's grilling him and... Uh, the general, the guy says, "Well, I'm I'm in charge of the mob." That actually was taken from the comic books, but that would have been the scene where the guy on the witness stand threw acid on side of Harvey's face to create Two Face. Oh yeah. So that would that would have where it would have been, but they moved it to this scene where he's pulled out of the warehouse right as it explodes. He gets his face dunked in gas and lights Burned. on fire. Mm-hmm. I thought the makeup was great. I thought the CGI that they did on the side of his face. Looked great. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the Joker being the Joker knows that Reese wants to say who real, who Batman really is. Didn't you love Lucius's uh, (laughs) comeback after Reese asks for $10 million a year for the rest of his life? You think that your client, the world's one of the world's most richest men spends his night beating thugs to a pulp with his bare hands and your plan is to blackmail this person good luck (laughs) i thought classic morgan freeman right fantastic yeah so the joker says he wants reese dead and then batman has to go save him and he's getting ready to leave and as they're evacuating the hospitals because there's a bomb in the hospital Mm -hmm. they figure out who could possibly involved and it's a it's a you know, a race against time to stop people trying to kill Reese and Bruce Wayne takes his Lamborghini. And I love what uh, Alfred says. Are you going to be wanting the bat pod during the day, Alfred? Not very subtle. Ah, the Lamborghini then. Much more subtle. <laughs> and then he's flying down the road. And I guess that was a Lamborghini Murcielago, which I guess translates into the bat. Oh, really? So basically what they say is that was his daytime Batmobile. Yeah, I can see that. So did you notice that several times before Harvey Dent turned into Two-Face, when he would propose a flip of of his coin, Mm -hmm. let that decide that he was subtly kind of sort of tilting the odds in his favor because it was a double-sided coin. He knew it was a two-sided coin, but the other person never would. Right. So a little stinker. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that and we do. Well, get, he makes his own luck. That's what he says. But we do get subtle hints throughout the movie that he's kind of got this double personality. You know, he's this good guy who fights for justice, but when Gordon is supposedly killed, he takes the guy hostage. You know, he's, he's kind of got that two-sided personality throughout the whole movie. I, I don't know if I would call it a two-sided personality. I think that's just who he is. Well, they even, you know, talk about how he used to have this old nickname from the people, and the old nickname was Two-Face. Yeah. Because uh, he would show two sides. He'd be a nice guy, and then he'd stab you in the back. Well, or he did his job. Yeah, he was investigating cops at IA. Of course, yeah. dirty cops are going to call him Two-Face. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. And that's why Gordon doesn't want to say it because he doesn't think it's fair or he doesn't want to get involved. Gordon is very neutral well, when he's it comes also, to bad cops and good cops. I thought he just didn't want to say it because Harvey was already kind of having a bad day. Yeah, when he basically he's in the hospital bed. Oh, well, he says, they, what they used to call me. Right, what well, they used to call well, me. Well, they reference it twice. Yeah. The first time they meet and Gordon says, I don't know what they say. Yeah, they didn't say that. And then that. he yells at him in the hospital bed. Uh, so uh, let's talk about that hospital scene between the Joker and Harvey. I loved him in his little nurse outfit yeah and the then Joker. and then his you know his logic or what he's telling uh like you said this is kind of where you're you're drinking the kool-aid uh with what the joker is trying to accomplish and what he's what he's saying it what he's saying makes sense mm-hmm. and he, this kind of shows you that he's not just a random chasing a dog chasing his tail or chasing cars he very much has a plan and he definitely wants destruction. But you're kind of right, John. He doesn't want to do it himself because he only kills two people. Yeah. He but, wants society to do it. He wants to break down society. But mm. this is also that scene I was talking about where it proves the Joker doesn't want to die. He's not ready to die because obviously all of his dreams have not been fulfilled yet. Because he puts the gun to his head and lets Harvey hold the gun mm-hmm. and says... You know, flip the coin or whatever. He doesn't say flip the coin. Well, he just says, you know, let let fate decide. Or what does he say? He doesn't say anything. He mm-hmm. says he puts the gun to his head. Mm-hmm. And then and then when he does this, what John is alluding to, did you happen to notice where the thumb of the Joker rests on the gun? Oh, he puts it in between the hammer and the yeah. thing in the doodle? So the gun mm-hmm. hasn't fire, can't fire at him either way. He wants to live. He, he's not willing to let it up, you know, let it up to be the... The flip of the coin that decides if he lives or dies. He's got too much to do. We'll never know because the coin landed. Yeah, but the I, right I, way. I, it's a it's a great moment because this is this is uh, Harvey's descent into madness, and we are there to watch that watch it happen. It finally happens when uh, the gun is put to the Joker's head. I mean, Harvey, he is he's down. He's okay. He is two-faced now. As soon as he flips that coin, he's ready to pull the trigger. Gordon and Batman arrive at the building where Rachel perished and encounters Two-Face, who has Gordon's family as hostages. Two-Face shoots Batman and threatens to kill Gordon's son, claiming that Gordon is responsible for Rachel's death. Before he flips a coin for the boy, Batman, who is wearing body armor, tackles Two-Face off the building and to his death. Batman tells Gordon to hold him responsible for Dent's killing spree to preserve Dent's heroic image. Dent is hailed as a hero as the police launch a manhunt for Batman. Gordon destroys the bat signal. Fox watches as the sonar device self-destructs. Alfred Pennyworth burns a letter from Rachel saying she had planned to marry Dent. Thus ends the Dark Knight, and he's riding off. And then, then that's where we get our credits. So the uh, hospital blowing up. I could not believe watching the hospital explode like that. It's like 
they actually destroyed a whole flipping building. Yeah. And that bit where Heath is banging on the remote improvised. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that just the whole thing was great. Yeah, absolutely. But, and he gets on a back of a bus. Yeah. But the whole bit about, you know, why didn't anybody, what are all these barrels doing in the hospital everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the boat. Right, Nobody well, notices all those things of gas showing up in a... Yeah, so let's talk about that. The Joker's plan is to blow up one of these or have the other boat blow up the other boat with the other... He gives the boats the other boats detonators. A very clever plan. Yeah. and yeah. But there are people who their only job is to go around and make sure the ship is ready to go out to sea. Well, the Joker paid them. And they don't notice all that. Ga- they're transporting a ton of gas... He has so much money. You know well, how much half, it, half that money. Well, I mean, that fire might have gone out at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really that was a mountain. That was, I mean, that's compressed paper. So mm-hmm. yes, it will burn. And he did use a lot of gasoline, but I bet you there's a couple hundred grand sitting there. There's got to be a chunk in the middle. In the middle, exactly. You know, there's a lot of money. Anyways, so yeah, he paid off the ferry people. That's why they don't. That's how you get away with that. Because it was written that way. Oh, no, he just paid for him, or okay. he just paid him off. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Batman has to use sonar, the sonar technology that Fox in, uh, developed, and he applies it to every cell phone, which Fox has a real problem with. He says this is unethical, not right. It's wrong. I mean, he flat out tells him it's wrong. And, and he says that as long as that machine's there, I won't be. Yeah, and Bruce anticipates that and so he makes his name the self-destruct uh key phrase which he uses at the end which restores his faith in batman and bruce wayne so great scene there the whole bit with the swat team they they figure out that the clowns are the hostages hostages yeah the clowns and the doctors are all the or the hostages were the clowns yeah right it was a bait and switch yep bait and switch classic joker I, i liked the fight and the, at that construction site building, the fight between Joker and Batman, because as the dogs are attacking Batman, Joker's right there acting like a savage dog. He's just going crazy, beating him with the crowbar. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that just kind of, mm-hmm. again, goes right to the personality of the Joker. He, deep down, is a savage dog. He is a very complex human being. He's an anarchist. Sure. Absolutely. So ultimately, I like what uh, the Joker says too. Batman... They get in their scuffle, and then the bit with the the gauntlets and the blades come out because he, he refers to the. You want to know how I got these scars? No, but I know how you got these. And he releases the gauntlets, and he falls, and Batman saves him because he doesn't want to kill him. I love the camera work on on that final dialogue between him and Joker. The camera work is excellent. The upside down shot of the yeah, Joker. It's yeah, it's slowly turning. Yeah, and you can kind of see the blood rushing to Heath Ledger's face, and he's he's using that that moment to really bring to us, you know, he he's conveying to the he's conveying to Batman. You really think I would uh, bet the soul of Gotham on a fist fight with you? <laughs> Please, I'm too smart for that. And then he knows that Harvey's doing what Harvey's doing. So the Joker gets captured, and he says, you know, you and I are destined to do this forever. Batman finds where Harvey Dent is. Dent has kidnapped Commissioner Gordon's wife, daughter, and son. He's going to make uh, Commissioner Gordon suffer by watching his 
the person he loves most die, which is his son. And then the Batman shows up. And this is kind of where we get into, you know, everyone's Dent wants justice for Rachel ultimately. And he says, you know, the, uh, the Joker played us all and I'm the only one that lost everything. And Batman's like, no, you're not. And he picked you because you were the best of us. And he was, he was the best of us. So the Joker, Joker got what he wanted ultimately at the end, even with Batman and Commissioner Gordon hiding the fact and blaming Batman for everything. It still comes out in the wash. This so is, ultimately the Joker got what he wanted. This is where but he I, didn't win. This is where we argue back and forth is I feel like the Joker won in this scene. Because, again, he turned Harvey Dent just like he wanted, and he got Batman to kill Dent. He, it's, it, that's debatable, because what if they were on the ground floor? But they weren't, and Batman knew that. Batman knew what he was doing when he knew by pushing Dent off the side of the building, Dent was not going to live. He did not try you, to save you, him. Well, he couldn't. He, he was saving the boy, and you don't know that. He could have pulled out his little grappling thing and caught him on the leg or done something or grabbed them both and held them both. You know, and then Batman what? And then Batman. what? And then what's he going to hold on to? I don't know. Exactly. He, he fell off a building earlier on and survived with his cape. Absolutely. He's I don't still wearing think, his cape. I I disagree. I don't think he knew that Dent was going to die. He knew he could have known it was a possibility. Uh, he didn't deliberately go out to kill Dent. He no. he went out to deliberately save Gordon's son. That's what I think but, too. And it was collateral damage. But Joker did not say, "I'm going to turn you into a killer." He said, I'm going to make you break your rule and make you kill, which he did. You know, a police officer shoots someone in the line of duty. They still kill them. They are. I don't consider them a murderer. I don't consider a police officer a bad person if they have to do it in the line of duty to save somebody okay. or to save themselves. Okay. Batman is still not a bad person, but he did have to kill. You're saying that he knew that he was going to kill Dent. Uh, not uh, not in that exact moment. He didn't plan on killing him. No, that's what you just but said. But I said he knew as he pushed Dent off, Dent was not going to survive that fall. I no. feel I feel like he didn't give up. I feel like he wasn't thinking about Dent when he pushed Dent off. I think that he was focused on saving the kid. And that was it. Uh, yeah. When he's in midair catching the kid and holding on, he might have said, oh, shit, Dent. No, I don't. I don't. I don't buy that for a but second. But the Joker still made him kill. The Joker didn't make him do anything. He had to do it. He he had no other choice. What other choice did he have? Let the boy die. Right, but you're saying that's that, not the Joker's plan, though. That wasn't the Joker's plan. You're going to have to break your one rule. Okay, but the Joker's plan is not necessarily. I'm going to make Batman kill Harvey Dent. Right. He, no, no, no. What you're saying is he was going to kill. It, it doesn't matter, matter who. He yeah, killed. yeah. It doesn't matter who he kills. He's he said, going to make him kill somebody. He was going to make him break his one rule, which in the end he broke his one rule, which he really does in other movies too. Well, but, I think I, I think it's a point of view because you could also interpret that when the Joker says that I'm going to make you break your one rule, he wants Batman to walk up and snap someone's neck. You think? He, oh, yeah. He wants to. Well, he wants Batman to run someone over. To I don't mentally think, break uh, I, down. Right. I, yes, to thank you, to mentally break down and have to kill. I don't think he meant collateral damage. And that's what Harvey Dent was. At the end of the day, that's what Harvey Dent was. Batman was trying to save the kid. This sets up for Joker's victory. This is the things he wanted. He especially wanted to turn Harvey Dent. Now, he didn't entirely win at this point because he wanted society to see that Harvey Dent had turned, that Harvey Dent had become this 
person that goes out and kills and breaks laws. He didn't get that until the third movie when the letters read. Right. And and so I and I will give you that the Joker wins the battle, but he does not win the war. The no. war ends when that bomb goes off at the third movie. And at that point, both Batman and Gordon and probably Dent are redeemed. You guys ready to rate this or is it even worth it? I I, I already know what I'm gonna give it. I think so. I know. I'm already set with my rating. Yeah, I think I am too. Who wants to go first? I will go first because this was my movie pick, and I'm going to take credit for that. I picked a pretty badass movie. Uh, probably the greatest superhero movie made. And a lot of people argue that Batman is not a superhero and it's not a superhero movie. Whatever. Whatever you want to call it. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. But I agree with you, Ken. It He's is a, a great superhero well, so what? I love Batman. I'll just go into that. And that's one of the characters, obviously, anybody who's visited my little man cave, you know that I love Batman. But in the end, he is a vigilante. He is a little bit of an anti-hero. He will break the law. He breaks the law every time he goes out in the costume. He even says to Alfred at one point, I think during uh, Dawn of Justice, that uh, we were never heroes. We were always criminals because they're breaking the law. Well, Lucius Fox calls him a vigilante as well. Yeah. So, yeah. but what he does is for the greater good. So you got to give him credit there. But anyway, going to this movie, Heath Ledger stole this movie. He was freaking amazing. I, I don't know if anyone else will ever, I mean, they'll always be compared to Heath Ledger, and I don't think anyone else will ever create a Joker better than Heath Ledger. He is the bar. Um, this is movie. Now, our ratings, we should go into a little bit of what our ratings are about. Our ratings are one to five, and one being, eh, I'm not a big fan of this movie. Five is, oh my God, I love this movie. I'm going to watch it every time it's on TV. Three would be, I'm going to watch bits and pieces of it if there's nothing better on TV. This is a movie for most of us who, if we're flipping the channels and we see Dark Knight is on, we're going to stop looking. We're going to go straight to and watch it. For me, that I can't think of another movie. There's a few, but if I if I don't hit those movies first and this movie comes along, this is the movie I'm going to watch, and I don't care what point it's at, I'm going to watch it. So for that reason, just because this movie is probably the best Batman movie ever made, I'm going to give it a 5.0. Nice. Five from John. So for me, when I think about this movie, I can't think of a stronger superhero movie. There's there's other superhero movies, but for me, I, I think that this is probably um, the strongest superhero movie for me in, in so far as how we have the development of the Joker, uh, the, 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 the driving pace and the cadence of the movie. The musical score is fantastic. I am completely sucked into the logic that the Joker gives to Harvey Dent in so far as his idea of chaos. I really enjoyed watching Batman being uh, a, det- a detective, which is something that uh, it doesn't seem to get emphasized as much in Batman movies because in the comic books, this is these are the roots of Batman is his detective work. And I love Christian Bale, how he has represented Batman. It is solid. And I just think that this 
is my favorite superhero movie. So I got to give it a five. A five from the professor. All right, I will go. Uh, in 2008, when I saw this film, it was amazing. Uh, in 2021, when I watched this film last night, it was amazing. Uh, my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, and I like—I really enjoy Christopher Nolan as a writer-director. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty awesome. This movie is probably my second favorite superhero movie of all time. Can I guess your first? Sure. Endgame? Nope. Infinity War? Nope. What would be your first? Superman, 1978. Without that film, you don't have any of these films. But we can talk about that later. And if we're going back and forth and they're both on at the same time, Dark Knight versus Superman, 1978, I cannot give you an answer right this second of which one I would watch. It tugs too hard on the heartstrings. Exactly. It, and we should kind of mention with our ratings, a lot of this, I think, is uh, the, what mood we're in when we're trying to watch that film. That's a fair point. And if, this, and if the film sways your mood to want to watch it, then it gets a higher grade, right? So for me, this film is almost flawless. Almost flawless. But I, I don't know if there is a f- absolute flawless film. Flash Gordon. There's Flash Gordon, which I'm sure I think the Dark Knight was based on Flash Wait, Gordon. Is Flash Gordon a superhero? Go on, Don. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, for me, this film will always be pure gold. With that being said, I am going to give the Dark Knight a 4.75. Okay. I was wondering, but okay. You talked about the Superman movie. You liked number one over number two? Yes, only because. It was more epic, and going back and watching 2, 2 becomes very campy and kind of jokey, and you can see the different style of directors because there was a whole there's a whole thing with it. Richard Donner, who did The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, The Omen, great director, did Superman, and they were filming 1 and 2 at the same time, and the plan was always for... Two to be with General Zod and the three villains from Krypton. So, but because of creative issues or what they say, Donner couldn't do it, and or Donner got fired, and they brought in this other dude who'd done a couple James Bonds, and it, it the tone really changed. They mm-hmm. did go so far as to release Superman to the Donner cut, which they kind of use uh, test footage and audition footage from Christopher Reeve, and they kind of mix that story together and that changes it as well so out of the two i would pick the first mm, superman okay so i guess we should go into our pick for next week i think it's your turn professor All right. okay it's time for the professor to draw and this is the next movie we'll be doing a podcast on i think that don and john are going to have an interesting conversation oh, Lord. as we review the matrix the first one the yes. first one. This Who's, would be the first one. Whose pick is it? John's. This would be mine. Whoa. Guns. You, we need lots of guns. Are you going to be able to get oh, through I this know. week, Kung Don? Fu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jokes on you, fuckers. I actually kind of like this one. Yeah. The first one's good. I wish it would have stayed right there. Right, but we'll get into that. Yes. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. 
Uh, John, where can they find us? They can find us at our website, threeguysinaflick.com. They can find us on Facebook. They can find us on Twitter or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites, iTunes, Spotify. We are on all of them. All right. So thank you to our loyal, loyal listener. And we will see you next week. I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening.